You're listening to the Northfield Podcast with your host, Caleb Gordon, and we are tackling issues of family, faith, and culture, all from a biblical worldview. Sit back, buckle up, and let's go. Find out more at calebgordon.org. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of the program today. As always, I want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. On the program today, we have Mr. Josh Burkeen on. He is an American politician here from Oklahoma. He served in um, the Oklahoma Senate representing the 6th District. He's running for Congress. He is running for the seat that was held by Tom Coburn for many years, faithfully. Um, so I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with him about his plans, his goals, um, what drives him, what his motivations are. I hope that this conversation encourages you and challenges you and gives you some direction and, and some insight into who you should vote for coming this November. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Josh Burkeen. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, how are things going in your world? It sounds like you're uh, you're you're busy traveling the state. Well, um, in saying I'm good, I'm I'm good as you can be with COVID. So we oh, my household no. got COVID, and and I'm on the mend. Um, by Monday, we'll be past the the CDC guidelines of when we can get back out traveling. But uh, um, yeah, we <laughs> we've been shaking lots of hands. And, and hey, that's uh, part of the process. And, I get it. So you're taking your vitamins, yeah. though, so you're good to go there, right? Yeah, we're good. Um, um, my family's just going to have to, my, our little inner circle is just going to kind of get through the coughing. and the, uh, It's not as bad as it was the first round. We we had it a couple of years ago, and uh, it's a lot easier this time. Yep, I, I, I just now got my taste back, like, golly, a year. It was been a year, year and a year and like four or five months. And, oh my gosh! Yeah, I just got my taste and smell back not too long ago, so it's it it was weird. So well, this second round is just kind of just draining. Look, you know, your energy's down a little bit. Mild headache, little coughing, little sore throat. It's not nearly like first time I had it was an eight day headache, and I don't have headaches. <laughs> I, yeah, no, no bueno. Awesome. Well, hey, I, I, the, um, I'm excited you came on the show, and I want to I want to just talk to you about your running for Congress. This is this is Tom Coburn's uh, former seat. And so, uh, so it, yes, a portion of it would be that's correct. Okay. Um, yes, a portion of northeast Oklahoma would be um, that's correct. But there was a, a census redraw that occurred, um, and uh, Oklahoma's uh, you know geographical boundaries switched. Mm-hmm. And so now the second congressional district, um, if you run a straight line from Tulsa, I'm sorry, from yeah, from Tulsa to to up north to Kansas, directly north of Kansas. Mm-hmm. And then run up that straight line to Kansas, come right back down to Tulsa. So you got that imaginary line between Tulsa and Kansas. Yep. And then wrap to the east side around Tulsa, and then draw that south that that imaginary line on down to Tishomingo, south of Tulsa, and then on down to the Texas Oklahoma line. Yes, sir. Of that imaginary line that I just drew, which is basically um, east of there, is the one third geographic area of eastern oklahoma this congressional district is is east of that line i just helped draw mentally with you nice fantastic so t- tell me what what prompted you to to want to want to run for this office um i spent two months in prayer um uh, conversation with my wife 
There's a scripture that says to him who knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it is sin. Mm -hmm. And I believe we're a nation that's teetering on on moral and fiscal bankruptcy. And uh, I was the last person to file uh, with two, three hours before the filing deadline. Most people had uh, the 14 that got in the race. Most had been in the race a month or two, um, two months. Uh, The guy I'm running against now in in this, you know, the top two, um, been in the race a lot longer. So, you know, people have heard that, that name a whole lot more than mine. Um, but, uh, I had to check and make sure my motive was, um, you know, being led by prayer and, and, uh, the issues. uh, Ambition is a disease in politics in the free market, which I'm ambition gets me up in the morning and in my little business, uh, rawhide dirt works. I have a, uh, now in the trucking started a dozer excavator business years ago. Um, you know, in, in this business, uh, ambition is great. Get, get you up in the morning and <laughs> right. get you get you going. Most people are still asleep. Yeah, um, the four o'clock a.m. morning is pretty normal. <laughs> um, but in politics, ambition is destructive because it's how you see people move from outsider status to insider status because yep. it becomes really all about them. Yep. And instead of really being focused on the problems, it's about they, they start focusing on how can they keep getting reelected, and that's why the problems persist and get worse that's why for 40 years we've been winning elections and losing this nation yep uh, we've got a 30 trillion dollar national debt and medicare insolvent in four years and social security insolvent in 11 years uh, there's some trustee reports that, that are modifying that number but that's that's the numbers i saw in june and then um with what we owe veterans and em- employee benefits um we owe north of 120 trillion dollars that's what the U.S. Treasury report at the 1st of June says. And when you take all that unfunded liabilities I just mentioned to you um, and you put put it all together and you want to know how it um, equates against assets, it's 80. The U.S. Treasury report said that our debt liability in this nation is 80% of all wealth in America. Gee. And the U.S. Treasury report says it's even down to pieces of furniture. Good night. That's just – that's insane. So, okay, you, so you – go ahead. So we're in trouble, Caleb, and, and it's going to take people – um, who are not risk averse. Martin Luther King Jr. said that cowardice asked the question, uh, is it safe? Vanity asked the question, is it popular? Conscience asked the question, is it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. And uh, we're going to have to ask the question, uh, is it right, moving ahead, because we can't continue to to give away free candy. Yeah. Um, politicians, that's the game they've learned to do, is just give away free candy. Yeah. And to get reelected, tell people what you think they want to hear. No more free candy. Um, it's time to start buying vegetables or we will not have a nation left. We, our children are inheriting, uh, bondage, fiscal bondage. They're in, inheriting debt loading, uh, and we are stealing opportunity from them because of, of, uh, living at their expense. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It's, it really is. So I heard you say something. You said you, you, you started this, your motivation was started uh, in prayer. Um, obviously you're a believer, love the Lord Jesus. Tell us how Jesus got a hold of you. Uh, when I was six, I uh, was sitting in a Baptist church, little maybe maybe in a vacation Bible school. Yeah, uh, it was a little youth group. I, I was so little I remember, <clears throat> but I remember accepting Christ at a young age. I remember also uh, with my parents being involved. You know, when I got home, maybe yeah. that day or a couple days later, and uh, making Him Lord. Come on, uh, Romans ten nine. If you confess with your mouth that. Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you you will be saved. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, applying that to, to make Him Lord in every area of your life, not just uh, 
not just uh, saying a prayer that's not understanding what that means. It means that my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. Yeah, that's right. And that's I'm right. to submit my will to His. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. So, okay, so you're you're seeing all the fiscal things that are happening. I mean, I just I look at the things, the, the way that the country is moving, and the directions that that are that are sitting in front of us, and I just I see. I, mean, I know that we've got any good intentions of, of wanting to try to change it, but what what's your plan when you get when you get in there to get things changed? You're going to have to inspire others around you um, to work as a warring unit because one person cannot do this. It's going to take a majority of votes. That's the way our republic was set up. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to inspire other people, and it's going to have to be that the people – um, back home are also as dedicated as their elected officials because we ha- we're going to have to sacrifice for this next generation. Yeah. We're spending over a trillion dollars <throat> in, in, in excess of what we bring in. So uh, percentage reductions of federal spending has to occur. It has to. We yeah. can't just, I can't just say this and everyone think, oh, it's not going to cost. There are too many dependency programs. Our definition of poverty in America is upside down. And we've got corporate welfare. Yeah. Um, and, and so we we created dependency with you know corporations who've learned to buy themselves a lobbyist and keep mm-hmm. them camped out in Washington D.C. perverting the free market. And then we've got the corp- the uh, individual welfare programs that you know heightened definition of poverty that is stealing uh, resilience and it's stealing. Uh, work ethic. It really so is. It's, go- it's going to have to be a return of virtue, moral excellence. That I'm in America's system. It was to get a, be getting ahead because you had a product, or you worked harder, or um, and and government has gotten involved and perverted that. It really has. I've, I've watched over. I mean, I'm 43. I'll be 44 this November, and I've just watched as. Yeah, you know, my kids aren't. They don't understand genuine freedom. I mean, I'll, and I, what's funny is my dad used to tell me, "You guys don't really understand genuine freedom either," because they grew up in a season and a time when they could do more things and have access to more things. And and there's been so much constriction by government on so many levels, um, and, and and it's just getting worse and worse. I mean, we're getting to the point where even our speech. And things that we want to say um, are, are are coming under under attack and under fire if you don't line up with with the progressive liberal um, ideologies. And so I just <laughs> I don't know. I just what? How do you think we we should should war against this? I, I don't even know if that's the right terminology, but but to make. Well, I, <coughs> I think it's a. I think it's it's a matter of. From the bottom up, I think that politics is downstream of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, polis- you know, culture is shaped by philosophy yeah. um, or religion. <clears throat> and we used to be a, a nation that ascribed to biblical virtue to a heightened level. Yeah. Uh, it was George Washington in his 1796 farewell address who said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports in vain would the man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness. Mm, yes. And he goes on to say later, um, both reason and experience forbid us to expect that national morality will prevail in exclusion of religious principles. Yeah. And so if we want to know 
<clears throat> but it wasn't just George Washington who said that. Um, John Adams, um, it, it, you'll know the last part of this one. I'll give this one to you, but uh, it was actually a letter that John Adams, second president, wrote in 1798 to the Massachusetts militia. And he said, we have no government armed with power, capable of contending with human passions unbridled by religion and morality, avarice, which means extreme greed, ambition and revenge will break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. And his last part of the statement was, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. 100%. So our limited government model was to be undergirded by, by virtue, moral excellence, biblical truths. And because we have stopped um, governing ourselves, having self-governance, it's how the government has come in to fill that void. Yep. Yeah, and you fight back a, a, tr- a truce of government by self-governance. Absolutely. Because if you don't self-govern yourself, there is somebody that's willing and able to govern you if you are not willing to self-govern. That's, that's why we have prison loading. That's why we have the government involved in so many different things yeah. is because moms and dads are not raising their kids Come on. Uh, to honor the Lord, to honor authority, to tell the truth, uh, to not lie, steal, cheat. Uh, you know, the founders believed in that Ten Commandments. They didn't have any problem displaying it. <laughs> right. And we're in a culture now that scared to death to display the truth yeah. of the Ten Commandments. Well, it's because it's offensive. We don't want to. We don't want to admit we're sinful. We don't want to admit that we have flaws and that we're we're messy. And, and but that's you know, by, the Bible says that all of us are sinful. All of us are messy. But but here's the beautiful truth: is that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was and is lost. And so we have, there is hope, like, and, and we've got this foundation that we're sitting on and you can't tell me that our foundation wasn't set up and inspired biblically because it was everything in, in the founding documents talks about who God is and, and, and our responsibility to him. And it, it, it boils down to the, the assaults on the family and the, the, the family. I'm going to, I may flub this one up. Go ahead. You finish. No, you're, you're you're good. The, yeah, go ahead. I, I no, yeah, you know, you're fine. So the idea here is, is the family sitting around the table. That's, I mean, I grew up sitting around the table and and doing life together with my mom and dad and then praying over not just meals, but praying over us as, as children and, and shaping and, and, and moving us in a direction. Does that mean we did things perfectly? No, we messed up. We were, we were messy. We did, like, I was a teenager. I was in my early 20s. I did horrible things and stupid things, but man, I had to come to the end of myself and ask God to forgive me. And, and that's the beautiful thing about God's grace is he's willing to forgive us and, and shape us and, and mold us into his image. And so that's what our nation needs to do is, is, is the proverbial fall on our knees and, and ask God to forgive us. And, and that's the beautiful thing is he will. But the, uh, the same John Adams that, you know, talked about having no government on the power, uh, continuing with human passions. Um, he's also the same John Adams that said the general principles with which the fathers, he would be inclusive of that. The general principles of which the fathers achieved independence, dot, 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 mm-hmm. were the general principles of Christianity. Then you've got John Jay, the uh, first uh, Supreme Court justice, um, first Supreme Court founding father, John Jay, um, who said uh, the providence has given to uh, to our people the, the choice of their rulers. Mm-hmm. And it's the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation yeah. to select and prefer Christians for those rulers. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and everything, all of our rules, all of our laws 
are, are founded upon a Judeo-Christian Ten Commandment worldview. And worldview matters, yeah. and that's that's one of the things I love that you were you did that event with Dr. Everett Piper. He's he's a dear friend and brother of mine, and oh and yeah, he's a great friend of mine. And when I saw that you, when I saw that he he was supporting you, I was like, okay, that that was before I even got to meet you. I was like, okay, you, I'm in. Um, well, thanks. Man. <laughs> so yeah, that, uh, Dr. Piper, um, I'm so encouraged. He, he I caught him the night before that event speaking at uh, Claremore, and mm-hmm. was so encouraged by what he said. Um, talking about, um, you know, the theme of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, more or less. He didn't cite Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but, I mean, it, it was a theme. And, and as you know, he's extremely talented. Yeah. God's given him a gift. Yeah. But he's, he talks about biblical truth. And yeah. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you know, who lost his life under Nazi Germany, made the statement, silence in the face of evil is itself e- evil. God yeah. will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And I think we... You know, in the Christian culture, people say, I'm a Christian. Okay, are you in love, standing up for truth? Or are oh. you being silent to, for your image management on social media? Yeah. Because if I really love someone their house is being burned down, then the loving thing to do is to go grab a hold of them and say, hey, man, let me help you here. Your house yep. is burning down. It's not to just go, well, you do what you want. Right. I mean, that is the that is such a compromise, and that is so inward and self-focused. And that's where too many... People are not dying to themselves because we all want to be popular. Mm. We all want to, to, you know, we all don't want to face the rejection of man. But as my mom taught me that at a young age, this little nice little quote, if the, if the praise of man builds you up, the rejection of man is going to tear you down every time. Every and time. When, when I accepted Christ, I had to um, take hold of uh, to live as Christ and to die as gain. And to die is a daily thing to say, I die to caring what people think about me. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't speak the truth in love. There's a balance there. There's a ditch sure, of only speaking absolutely. truth and not doing it in love because we can get in the ditch there. First yep. Corinthians 13 says, "If I, you know, speak with the tongue of angels, but uh, you know I have not love, then you know I can surrender all my my whole life to the flames and and give all away to the poor, but it accomplishes me nothing. I'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. We have to do what we do in speaking the truth in love. That's so key. It's not one or the other. It's both." But so many people are all about, well, I, I want to love you. Well, did you speak the truth? Yeah. Or do you just use the love without the truth? Yep. It has to be both. Gotta and be both. part of the definition of love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. But love, one of those elements, love does not rejoice in evil. That's right. And most people forget that little segment that God defines as the definition of love. Love does not rejoice in evil. Doesn't. And for us to, to see people that are operating... In you know, Galatians 5, definition of Im- sexual immorality, impurity, yep. sensuality, dis- dis- uh, factions. I mean, even me getting in strife with someone's sin. Yeah. But all inclusive. And I have to be just as committed to standing up and saying that d- disputes, dissensions, and factions are sin, just like you know, fornication is sin, or, yeah. or lust, or homosexuality, or murder, or theft, or drunkenness. All of them. Yep. It's all a part of Galatians 5. And Come we on. have to be all inclusive. And we have to be willing to, you know, make people around us uncomfortable as long as we do it in love. <laughs> and, and here's the thing: listen, there have been people that have that have brought things forward to me in my life where I've been uncomfortable, where I have, and I genuinely was wrong. I committed sin, and and I had people that were loving enough to say, "Listen, this is wrong. This is wicked," or I was confronted in some way, and repented. And that's the beautiful thing is God's grace covers a multitude of sins. That's second or first Corinthians 13, love covers a multitude of sins. That's, that's the beautiful thing is when you turn from your wicked ways, God can heal 
not only your heart, but he can heal the land. And that's that's what we as a nation need to do. That's that's my Amen. that's my declaration. And it starts individually. Revival starts in the mirror. It doesn't start in a specific conference room or a. It starts in the mirror. When I make a wake up in the morning and I make a personal decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and do what's right and follow Him completely and live my life in such a way that that says, okay, I, I want to know you completely and I want to make you known completely. That that's that's yeah. what's going to change. So. So okay, so how so can I'm assuming so I'm ignorant in this conversation. So this podcast, I'm assuming your audience is evangelical. Absolutely, I'm picking that up. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. We we are. This is a Christian. The the tagline to this is we deal with faith, family, and culture all from a biblical awesome. worldview. Yeah, I mean I I picked that up instinctively, you know, by <laughs> as much as you're talking about the Lord. But in my notes to call you, it did not include that. That's all right. No worries, man. No worries. Yeah, we're we're a, we're a faith based Christian based podcast that uh, yeah. We get we get awesome. several yeah it's awesome we 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 love um, just trying to spread the truth and and in in a gospel centered way uh, and we we like to have fun as well so um, in our okay, so, well man thanks for engaging in politics most people in the faith community I think are very uh, resident to, uh, hesitant to mm-hmm. to do that and uh, you know we have got to engage the culture and I know there's a danger. You get involved with politicians. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's telling the truth. You don't know whose motive is to use the you know evangelical vote, and that's a and that's a tr- there's a truth, sure. and there are people who use it yep. uh, to their own you know selfish their own selfish means. Yep. Um, but also, God's called us to have uh, discernment to kind of pick out the difference between the fakers and and those that act act out of uh, something that's sincere. And and that's the thing is, is is the men that I know who know you have vouched for you and I and I love and trust those men as well. So I, I can I can say this this is once again when you references matter <laughs> and, and the company yeah. you keep matters. And so the guys that have, that have that have pointed me in your direction, I, I trust them and I love them. So I I'm I'm excited that and I've okay, I've seen man. you speak live once and just loved hearing your your commitment to Biblical truth, biblical worldviews, um, and things of that nature. So it, it really encouraged my heart because that's what we need. We need more Christians to engage culture, and and I know that that's not always easy, and it's not always the most popular thing to do, but it's necessary to engage culture. And and can, can I can I tell you somebody that um, that because you're in Bartlesville, and yeah. I've gotten to know a few people in Bartlesville that have a connection to this organization. Yeah, um, and. I get giddy as a kid because it was something I did as a kid, but there's an organization called Canacuck out of Branson, Missouri. Joe White! Thousands. There's like 75,000 people that have worked there. Yeah. And and so you all in Bartlesville, from, and I've not met the the group that actually uh, does it, but you have a K-Life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that is so rare for somebody from my area of the state. But uh, years ago I worked at a camp called K2. It's one of many camps that Canacuck oversees in Branson. Yep. And uh, with Doc Daddy, it's the best title I've ever had. And so That's anytime awesome. that I have a chance to encounter a Christian um, and uh, think they may have connection to Canacuck, I ask them about it because it was so impactful. Yep. That ministry is so biblically rooted and so about uh, getting the Word of God in your heart. Um, I told somebody many times uh, to be my dream job would 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 be to work for Canacuck full time because uh, <laughs> it's biblical truth. And, and uh, I don't know if you know much about the camp, but it's a uh, Christian Athletic Sports Camp, yep. and high octane fun, and uh, the truth is not watered down. It's it's excellence in all those areas. So you're you're going to have your mind blown. Um, one of my really good friends is Brady White, Joe White's son. So Joe White, who so, so I know 
I, Cooper and I worked on the dock together. Yeah, baby. Which would be one of Brady's, and then and then Courtney, his sister, yep. um, knew me briefly when we were at K two together. And then I I had Joe come and speak in Oklahoma once. Yep. I was state FFA president back in nineteen ninety eight. Yep. And uh, I had Joe come and speak at the state FFA convention uh, one of the years that I was working out there. So Brady and I've never even I've seen him from a distance, but we've never really gotten to know each other. Yeah, he's he's a he's a cool cat. So we we met through so I. I brought Joe in to do a pure excitement event at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Uh, we brought, oh, that's awesome, yeah, man. He, he, he came. I know the book. It's, it's in my library. I got it's, it, too. I've been reading segments of it to my kids 20 years later. Come on. Uh, I've got some teenagers. Come on. That's awesome. Yep, I got it in my, 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 my library as well. So we brought Joe in. I, I, I saw Joe speak at a Promise Keepers event. I was volunteering. Okay, i got to tell you this. I'm looking at the book right now. I'm actually in the room. Nice. Uh, no, it's dated. It's blue. Uh, but for anybody listening, get you get you a copy of Pure Excitement, and there's a couple others. It's kind of turned into a plug Joe White, um, <laughs> but there's a couple others called Faith Training for any dad or mom listening. Pick up a copy called um, and another book um, that I've used recently, and it's what every kid wishes uh, their parents knew about them, or something to that effect, by Joe Doctor Joe White. And so, Caleb, as, as you know and I know, you can hear the excitement coming out. This man's ministry has been so so incredible um uh, to me as a father but it was to me as a young man years ago so what's crazy is is my french joe or brady and i traveled the country for a little bit we did events i'd speak and he'd do music and we just did that for a while and getting to know joe and, and his family and being a part of them i got the in now and i i get to go speak almost every year to young christians weekend in, in branson missouri at silver city and so I, I've been. Are doing, you serious? I'm not kidding. Every, almost every year we've gotten to go. We one year we couldn't do it, but we've done it for the last six years. And the first year I ever got to do it, um, they put me in a room that, that, that I did a breakout session for young men. And they, they, they I figured they put in this room that had like not eight, nine hundred seats. And I was thinking, what young man is at Silver City? Who is the, they're going to come listen to some guy they don't know talk? And then it's just insane. There'll be like 10 guys that show up. So I'm, in my mindset, it's a Sunday school setting. And the doors open. And I'm not kidding. Session one had 900 young men show up. And man, I got, That's to, amazing. got to preach the gospel. And man, it just blew my mind. And we've been doing that for seven years now. And it's been fantastic. We love it. We go every you're, year. you're bringing back the remembrance of the cave at Silver Dollar. Vader theme song, first time I, once and only time I've encountered that. You know what I'm talking about, the yeah. big cave at Silver Dollar City? Oh yeah, the big cave, absolutely. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, the Darth, Darth Vader marching theme song as you come down the, the deep cavern. That's it, absolutely. Man, that's crazy. The world, it's a small world, my friend. So Cooper would have known me as Cowboy because I grew up ranching and, and uh, that was my nickname. In fact, I worked with James Dobson's son, Ryan Dobson. Oh my gosh! Cooper. Yeah, so Ryan, now Ryan called me Cowboy also, but yeah, we are all at K2. That would have been 99 to, you know, Matt Houston, but Matt and his wife, Melissa, now his wife, they were dating and I was under Todd Rapp, uh, but Matt's the one who actually hired me out there. You're going to you're gonna be blown away by this as well. Ryan Dobson and I are really, really, really good friends. Um, he's come and spoke twice in an event with me, and I brought him to Bartlesville t- uh, twice and Cedarville. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen him in 20 years. He, when he wrote his book, Be Intolerant, yep. he showed up, wrote me a, because I was, he was kind of going through a tough and I gave him a scripture out of Romans, meant something to him, and when he was doing his book tour, he actually, uh, 
you know, inscribed in his Be Intolerant book that he wrote 20 years ago, but I haven't seen him in 20 years. Now, his dad's endorsed me, part of reaching out to uh, Dr. James Dobson was reminding him that I had encountered him when I worked for Tom Coburn years ago, yeah. almost 20 years ago, and I told Dr. Dobson that I'd worked with his son at Canica. That That is absolutely insane. Something My audio is doing something funny. I'm going to switch over here. Just hold on a second. But yeah, I, man, that is... That is absolutely insane that, that you got, we, man, we know too many of the same people. <laughs> I don't know how we didn't meet beforehand. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, man, how, okay. So how do, how can people get a hold of you and find out more about your, your campaign? So, um, families for Josh Burkeen is our Facebook, secondary Facebook. We had to start a, um, Josh Burkeen for Congress, uh, to be, just the way the algorithm for Facebook makes us pay. But uh, either Families for Josh Burkeen or Josh Burkeen for Congress. Um, and then people can find me on my personal um, – but I don't – I mean, as you can imagine, it, it's tough to correspond on your personal Facebook page. Sure, sure. Um, but but uh, And then our website is www.joshburkeen.com, and that's J-O-S, J-O-S, J-O-S-H. And then B is in boy, R is in uh, Ralph, E is in Echo, C is in Charlie, H is in horse, E is in Echo, E is in Echo, and N is in nice, joshburkeen.com. Um, and they can go to the website. They can hear Tom Coburn, um, you know, talk about me uh, years ago when I you know, was a staffer for him. Hey, Coburn's, Coburn's family went to Canacuck, just nice. FYI. Very cool. Uh, Dr. Coburn knew about Canacuck. Um, and... Uh, um, encourage everybody to join our Facebook page, share our videos. Um, we take, we make no qualms in talking about our faith and, and talking about biblical truth and standing for biblical truth and, and know that, uh, you can get to a seat in Congress, but if your life is not glorifying uh, Jesus, then that would make you a failure Come on. Uh, according to the way I'm, I'm living my life to, to, to play the rules. Come on. 100%. And the rules are to exalt the Lord. hundred percent. Well, thanks so much for being on the program. Um, I, I just appreciate you and, and your and your witness for us. So, man, I, I am I'm excited for for what's gonna I, I believe what's gonna come about. Man, I appreciate you having me on. Truly, you, you betcha. It's awesome. All right, man. Blessings, guys. Thanks so much. Hey, absolutely. Diversified Systems Resources is a technology company based in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, that's been in business for 39 years. Are you looking for a stable employer? clean office environment, fun teammates, and a day that is always new and exciting, then email us your resume today at dsrjobs at dsrglobal.com. DSR, we deliver technology.